Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Toxin Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast, the show that shows you, Vicar, what's behind the collar. I'm Bullhagen. This is Vicar. And Peter's here. Hey, Pete. And we have a surprise for you. It is a big, big surprise. We have... Hannah will be joining us in studio. I've been studio. I've been told. Hmm. So they're out camping. She's gonna come in from a hike and join us. She's got a top twelve list for us and everything. But we were anxious to get going. So here we are. How are you doing, Vicar? Oh, I'm doing quite well. Beautiful day outside. Lots of show prep today. Oh yeah, all kinds. I I knew for like at least a almost an hour beforehand that we would be recording. Yeah, you, you get a lot of time with me today. Record, clang and bang. <laughs> yeah. You didn't tell him? You told me last night. Oh. Well, see, Wait, I it see was in the I text write. chain, didn't it? Wasn't it? Well, let's take a look real quick. Let's I, take I a look. So. Um, Not that I'm the absolutely. greatest. Oh, is it my fault? You did say Thursday night from Hannah. Can we record Saturday morning? Okay. Somehow this is still not my fault, but let me figure it out. <laughs> uh, Bullhagen is <laughs> try, has his hand in the air trying to catch a fly out of the air yeah a fly has joined our studio today this is a great episode already <laughs> I was saying earlier that he needed his chopsticks in order to pull off the the fly capture which movie had that where somebody was catching a fly with a chopsticks? Karate Kid. Oh, it's every it? Jackie Chan one, right? Oh, okay, probably multiple movies well, then. Well, I uh, incredibly killed a fly in, in a in a visit this week, so yeah, that's did. pretty impressive. <laughs> Just the clap catch. Yeah, it should have not worked, but it did, and so <laughs> they probably thought he used a supernatural power or something. <laughs> so we got a beverage. We yeah. have. Uh, we always like to try new things in the show. We have Coca-Cola Limited Edition Dream World Zero Sugar. And I like the artwork on it. It's got this kind of light powder blue can with simple geometric shapes representing portals into the sky. And Is that what that is? Oh, I think so. Little doorways, clouds. Yeah, that makes sense. Being from Oregon, probably... <laughs> The portals, the door world, the dream world. Yeah. Except this doesn't have any uh, CBD in it, Vicar. I'm sorry, or oh. any of that. Oh, well, that's probably don't even sell it in Oregon then. <laughs> so, yeah, so limited edition Coke. I got this at Aldi, if you're interested. I'll preface this by saying I haven't tested this yet. I haven't taste tested it, but I've been told it's really bad. Oh. So. Well, that'll save me some money. We shall see. Because Vicar was concerned that he would like it. Right. And then, like, be one of these people, I have to buy every one I find. Right. Well, I mean, it, I like the looks of it. The the sort of retro 80s new wave looking can. But if I love the taste, then I'll be in anguish. Because I know they don't put these limited editions uh, on discount. That's all right. It's that's, got a tropical flavor. It does. They've snuck in. Maybe a little mango. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's got a mango flavor. A, and yet you weren't expecting a fruit flavor. I was expecting more like a cotton candy flavor from the coloring. Maybe a mango, maybe a slight peach. I could see that, yep. But definitely a tropical. Right. It'd be good with a little rum. <laughs> what well, wouldn't be? 
That's uh, I got a twelve pack of those uh, the space ones. Hmm. And yeah. the only way I could get through that is by mixing it with rum. That was the only <laughs> way I could drink it. It was not good otherwise. Oh no. Well, this is all right. This is all right. If if you told me it was Coke, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't have concluded that at all. So, we're off to a rousing start. Yeah. Peter uh, has a watching a dog. We're kind of hopping into the studio after a busy week. Um, I have good word that uh, Berg will be joining us next week. So that'll be nice. So that'll be nice to have Berg back next week. Man, next week is going to be a banging episode. We've been planning this up for a while now. Yeah. Right. Like, I think we said we were going to do Pope tweets. Right. Um, this will be like Vickers last chance to prove that he's really good at doing the podcast. So yeah. we can discuss that after, um, give him a kind of a review. <laughs> That's where we're starting again. Well, I'm hoping, you know, that I just constantly get better and better, but I understand there's next time we'll, we'll kind of rate how I'm doing. Yep. I mean, you've been improving. Just, just keep it up. Just keep <laughs> right. it up. Make sure you don't regress at all. Right. That's the, th- I don't want to backslide. All right. What are we, what am I preaching on Vicker? Ah, uh, this is the gospel for Sunday that's about the birds of the air and the uh, and the f- lilies of the field. Actually, it's about worry. Well, okay. <laughs> but the things I mentioned don't worry, so it's kind of about not worrying. All right. All right. Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. All right. Lots to say about this text, right? Yeah. It's not really a parable. No. It's interesting. No. It's a uh, illustration. Yeah. Extended metaphor, perhaps. So, a couple of things. Um, one is, you might think, well, one, what, I'll start with this. Uh, this is a perfect text for the person in the pew and for the preaching and the congregation, because 
How does Jesus address them? Oh, you of oh, little faith. Little faith, right. And uh, that's kind of what we are, aren't we? Yeah. Would we say we're of great faith? No, I don't think so. No, we might aspire to that. Right. But are we a group that has faith? Yes. Yes. So we find ourselves in exactly the same situation as those in the gospel reading. Hmm. Now, you might say, when's the last time people worry about having nothing to eat or nothing to wear? Well, not in my circles, I suppose. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're taught preaching to, unless we might have a few folks who can kind of still remember the Great Depression or some lean times where maybe uh, they they didn't have food in a particular day. But most people probably can't remember a time where they didn't have anything to eat when it's when it wasn't by choice. Right. You know, even I would characterize myself as somebody who grew up, you know, under the poverty line, but I always had food because that's the way this country is. So I've never had a time where I didn't have enough to eat. Right. Uh, so, so we don't very rarely do we go without food or drink. However, in the Lord's Prayer, we do learn, and and that give us this day our daily bread really has to do with everything to support this body and life, which is the Lord's Prayer and the Sermon of the Mount that we take it to mean that. So we also then can take this to mean all that we need to support our body and life as we worry, not just about food or clothing, but everything we need. Hmm. So the Lord's Prayer and our understanding of the Lord's Prayer can help inform us with this and the fact that uh, there's a lot of connections you can make in this with the Lord's Prayer because the Lord's Prayer then, as it says, do not worry, it teaches us something about the Lord's Prayer as something that we know God will take care of and, and God promises. So as Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, he then a little later in that sermon says, so don't worry about it because, because even as you pray, I give you everything that you need. And yeah. so as he teaches this in this section, then we can also take it to mean when we, we think of the, the seeking first the kingdom of God or we look at all the other things in the Lord's Prayer. If we're supposed to think of the daily bread in this way, then we can also think of being delivered from evil, um, being be giving strength and temptation about forgiveness of our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. So one thing, this actually informs us to understand the Lord's Prayer. Another thing is, is Jesus explains here about worry that in a sense you don't have to worry. He just doesn't say don't worry. He explains it why. Mm. And so don't worry because... Uh, look at the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, um, how God so cares for them. If he is going to care for them, certainly you don't have to worry about your care because he says, are you not of more value than they? So the third thing you could talk about here is the value of the child of God, the one of little faith, how God cares for you, how he loves you, how of great value you are to him as Jesus expresses that you are the pinnacle of his creation of great value, even you of little faith, are of great value to him. Hmm. And then he goes on to explain how seeking first the kingdom of God. And this is where, if you place in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, then you also have things like the Beatitudes, right? Where you can mourn, you could suffer, you could be persecuted, uh, you could hunger and thirst for righteousness, and all those things, it's okay because... Your reward is in heaven. You will be satisfied. You will be filled. Solely persecuted those who were before you. So that also informs your understanding of this text. Because as you think about uh, what he says at the beginning of the text about you can't serve both God and money, 
This also shows, shows us that as a Christian, as one of little faith, as you worry about all the things that, that could happen and might happen, if you have the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not your righteousness, it says his righteousness, hmm. uh, everything is, is safely in his hands. So if you have his righteousness, if you have his kingdom, then you have everything. And so that places all, all of those things in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord's Prayer, and I think that really helps you understand the text. I also would say this, as he talks to those of little faith, you can certainly add the idea of persecution, I think, in this. When you talk about uh, uh, people are worried, what is it going to, people worry about what is the church going to look like in 30 years? People yeah. are worried about is the church going to be more persecuted? You know, we, we lament that we are persecuted now as Christians, and I mean, yes and no. I, th- I would say it's more of influence and it's more uh, forces uh, against Christianity that we're battling, but I wouldn't go as far as saying we're being persecuted. We're not placed right. in a time where, yeah, that we're placed in physical harm or physical danger or being thrown in jail. Now, that could change in the next 10 or 20 years as as Oregon uh, tries to get more control of our country. Yeah. <laughs> but... <Right. Yep. laughs> But at the same time, even if it does rise to that occasion, it teaches us to be able to to stand by God's word, stand by what it says, even if it means those things, because if you have the kingdom of God, if you have his righteousness, then you have absolutely everything. So it teaches us boldness in the gospel, boldness in a Christian, boldness in what you do, speaking for the truth of God's word, uh, when it might be difficult or dangerous, and it may cause you to worry about your own well-being. You know, if I, you know, how many people are placed in a position? Well, if I say something, I could lose my job. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I might lose family or friends over this. Well, seek first the kingdom of God Mm. and these righteousness. God will make sure you have everything you need. So that too, I think, is a really interesting way of looking at this text uh, where you can talk about about how this truly affects you. Because a lot of times I preach this when I, and I talk about just worry. You know, we worry about our health and we worry about our finances, and, and we do. But I think sometimes that worry then about other things kind of freezes us uh, and, and teaches, tries to lead us to be less bold in what we say and what we do as Christians because of fear of what they can do to us. In a sense, not necessarily persecution, but uh, we're, we're afraid of, of uh, other things that could even come with this. And so, when he, as people of little faith, it teaches us uh, in the midst of those things to trust God, to trust him, to trust his righteousness, that even if you have those things, you have everything. And, and uh, each day has enough worry for itself, and, uh, and take each day at a time in his grace. And, and so as you look at that each day, I think that you could also talk about from the catechism, every day the old Adam is drowned in you. Uh, the fact that each day uh, a new new person arises and a wash is, is washed clean, that each day you seek his righteousness as he covers you in his blood, as your sins are buried, and as you rise with him through the waters of your baptism. Any comments on that? Yeah, I do have comments. I'm I'm thinking about one how difficult it is to follow the instructions uh, or the guidance or however you want to call this that's been laid out for us by Jesus in this uh, illustration, because like it seems like the pendulum could swing too far. Like, oh well, I'm not going to worry about 
money at all. And so I'm just going to be unemployed and, and, and be an anti-work type person and just let everything take care of itself. Right. And so how do you, how do you make right. sure The that doctor says not... I need bypass, but I'm going to trust God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that brings back memories actually, but yes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had relatives that, uh, decided that they were healed on account of what the Bible said about by his stripes you were healed. Don't tap I'm the sorry, desk, I Vicar. tapped the table. Sorry. I, <laughs> I'll get better. Uh, but anyway, so I've I haven't seen you pound that, the pulpit yet. Well, I know I should be doing that. And then I'd maybe use it up on Sundays and not have to do it in, on Sunday <laughs> during the sermon. <laughs> okay. But at any rate, I'm, this is a little bit of a side, but I did have relatives that would declare themselves healed. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to say prematurely, but they weren't healed, but they stopped taking their medicines and uh, maybe predictably it didn't go well. Um, so that's an extreme version. Did you catch the fly? I caught the fly in my hand. Oh, thank goodness. It was all over me while I was doing the gospel. Are you reading. going to go release it outside because it's part of God's creation? Uh, no. <laughs> He's going to use his dominion. I'm of more value than this fly. Yeah. Consider the fly. Oh, uh, that was Bullhagen that hit the table just then, by the way, in spite of all the instructions he gave me. But it was in order to dispatch the fly. When you're ordained, you can do that. Come on in. Hello. Hey. Hey, there she is. Hey. Look at that. Oh, you've all grown so much. Yeah, hey, all of us. Huh? All of us? <laughs> no. Hey, Pete. Welcome. Hi. If anybody wants anything from the mini fridge, it's, uh, <laughs> is it in your office? It's in my office. Okay. I think I remember where that is. It's got right. a magical glow about it. <laughs> all right, we'll do that. <laughs> oh, okay. look what you found. Ah. They organized the mini fridge for you. Oh my. <laughs> yep. And then there's a microphone. All right. You organize the fridge for me. Now talking to the front of the grill. Okay. This is adjustable. So we are talking, finishing up our discussion on the text, which is uh, from the Sermon on the Mount uh, about worry and seeking first the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So. I never worry. Ever since I read that text, oh, that's the answer. I don't have to worry. (laughs) Perfect. Right. Right. Yeah, I had a sermon on that not too long ago where where, uh, it was on the Good Samaritan and and, uh, where just uh, the answer was, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do these things and you will live. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, Yeah, so there it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just don't worry, you know. (laughs) Hakuna Matata. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so that's my thoughts on that text, Vicar. Um, I would like to say that my sermon is done. But, okay. But I think you guys know me better than that. That Yeah. Well, I, I, I ruminate and think about the text, and then I get everything going. So Yeah, and so I'll have to compare what I heard during the podcast to what I hear during the sermon to see if you iterate and make changes and emphasize one thing over another. We'll see. So have you had the... Tapo Chico line before. That's nice, isn't it? It is. Yeah, Arthur grabbed the spindrift. He was he was quick on the draw with that one. But this is good too. Yeah, that spindrift t- actually tastes like it has real fruit in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> yeah. So I've heard. Yeah. Yes. Well, you've heard. You've maybe heard on the podcast that the lime with a little tequila, the spindrift lime with a little mm. tequila, is amazing. <laughs> well, tequila tastes like vomit to me, so I don't know. About, <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh. There was a. Well, a, if you drink too much of it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that works on everybody. 
the uh, great tragedy of my first pregnancy was that during the first trimester, LaCroix tasted like metal with citric acid. Uh. And campfire smoke nauseated me. Mm. That was that was not good. I was no. glad when those three months were over. I remember my sister. Uh, I went to visit her when she was with child. And I opened up the fridge and it was just full of like O'Doul's and near beer because her craving was beer. Oh. And she was pregnant. <laughs> yeah. So she was drinking. That's rough. <laughs> so she was just slamming O'Doul's oh. all day. <laughs> Gross. Yuck. <laughs> uh, for, a neighbor brought me a non-alcoholic beer from Belgium and it was actually pleasant to drink. I was astonished, but not really because I figured the Europeans would, they've had longer to figure it out. Right. (laughs) Right. So thank you for cleaning my mini fridge and organizing it for me. (laughs) You're welcome. This is just what tends to happen when Hannah rolls around. Things just get fixed. (laughs) Well, things get organized. When Arthur rolls around, things get fixed. He is, he's quite the handyman. Oh, okay. So we each we each have our distinct role, and I am neither. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell some jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when you come around, things get 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 funny. Uh, <laughs> so, Hannah, I have a question for you. Um, uh, I've been talking to people, and I'm learning something about the show, and I'm learning that people really didn't like my last interview with Pastor Chris Christian. Yeah. Do you have an opinion on that? Well. It did take me more than a week to finish listening to that episode. (laughs) And, you know, he just does not have the on-air presence that you do. Oh, okay. You know, it it just, uh, he, you overshadow him so greatly. I think the disparity between those two clerics is just so great. Everyone needs to, yeah. Well, it it doesn't happen. He's so hard to get a hold of sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another question Something I have. tells me it might be like a year or two before he has another opening. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I, I've, I can, actually, I've been working on a, an impersonation of him. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You want to hear it? You want to try it now? Hey, yeah, let, yeah. Let, let's, see, let's hear it. Okay. Uh, football. Hey, okay, that's I, pretty good. Is that good? <laughs> Tapping the table again. I do <laughs> have a, a comment about that. Um a positive comment about that episode. It, I thought the rerun of that top 12 was excellently placed in the season of, of sport ball. Um, it was good to hear Berg again. And that was a, that was a good list. Yeah. So I enjoyed hearing that again. And he, Berg will be on the next episode. I okay. promise. Yep. 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 He'll be back next week. So, and, and the other question I have is what hymn did you pick? Oh, okay. So I did have thoughts about this. Um, we had just sung Rejoice My Heart and Be Glad at University Lutheran Chapel, and I was so impressed with it that I put it, I wrote down three verses for our, our hymn of the week. Have we memorized any of them? No. But mm-hmm. um, I really like the part that says, why spend your days in blank despair? Cast all your cares on Christ or something like that. Um, because yes, I do accidentally worry sometimes. Mm. Uh, and then now rest beneath night's shadow. I have memorized all five verses so i sing that every night to my youngest um i my goal is to memorize one night at least one nighttime hymn per child so with the first i learned uh a versification of psalm 23 and i had never heard of the hymn that vicar 
recommended. I looked up. I was like, I thought he said 930, but this is no, a biblical canticle. I, I got the numbers wrong. But it was, it was 930. Uh, and I looked at it again and I thought, I've, I've never heard of this. I tried sight singing it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't make it work. Uh, and I have not returned to it. But I would like to because I like I like the look of the verses. Oh, so, so Vicar. Will you sing the hymn for me? Hum, hum a few bars? <laughs> I, I can give we it a shot. previous it, versions, previous updates have been delightful singers, so no pressure. Right. Well, and it did turn out, you did remember the final number I said last time, I guess, because it was 930. Mm-hmm. All you works of God, bless the Lord. Yeah, I probably shouldn't try this. <laughs> All you works of God, bless the Lord. All you angels now, bless the Lord. Come, you heavens and powers that be, praise the Lord in his majesty. Raise your voices high, praise and magnify all you works of God. Bless the Lord. Raise your voices high, praise and magnify all you works of God. Bless the Lord. Well, that's an earworm. That yeah, sounds wow. like, a, uh, like a VBS song, doesn't it? It is, isn't it? It's got like a, you put a, a tropical beat behind it and have yeah. a bunch of kids with some, you know, some actions. They always do this one. <laughs> every time right <laughs> every time hey so listeners uh i don't remember who it was someone made a space coke song oh right all right so whoever made the space coke song you know who you are i can't wait to hear your version you're uh, putting background beats and notes to vicar's version <laughs> it's gonna be amazing you don't have to do that yeah, <laughs> yeah it'll be okay no there, you don't have to do it you know, I would be disappointed if you didn't. <laughs> that, Please that's don't a, feel obligated to do that. Right. Just look up on YouTube LSB930 and you will find one that's accompanied already with like, a, I can't remember the tall drums that you hit. with. No, no, hands. no. I'm looking for that hymn you just sang as you sang it with a sick Kanye <laughs> style beat. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. Well, I mean, probably everybody's looking for that. Right. <laughs> and if you do, if you do that. Okay. I will send you a t-shirt. Oh, mm. can I talk about the merch for a second? Yeah. Okay, so. You have a list of stuff you wanted, you got here now. Yeah, uh, so I did get the the ring for my phone. Oh. And I love it. I had a pop socket before, and that was fine, um, but I, I like this ring even more. So wow. that is merch item number one. Two thumbs up. Merch item number two. I got pants because... Remember, I, I had strong right. feelings about joggers because right. they're joggers now, not sweatpants. Uh, they do not fit me very well. I mm. think maybe they fit men better who have less curves. <laughs> so, <laughs> listeners, if anyone wants a medium pair of clerical errors pants that is gently used, let let. Hey, Vicar, where can they get a hold of us? Oh, <laughs> that's a great question. We can be emailed at. Feedback at clericalerrors.org. We can be reached on Facebook at... At me, bro. Clerical yes, Errors Facebook. Podcast. He didn't say Twitter yet. I didn't say Twitter yet. Well, you're looking at me. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry I looked at you. And on Twitter, we can be reached at Clerical at Errors me, P. P for podcast. You're getting pretty good at this, Vicar. Let's keep this up. If next week goes well, we'll be, we'll be good. Oh, well, yeah, and if right. you don't want a pair of Hannah's used pants, where can they buy more merch? That's custom made, made to order. Um, let's see. 
store.clericalerrors.org. Sure yeah, I don't know if it's customized, but store.clericalerrors.org. <laughs> well, they're made to order. We yeah. don't like have a box of t-shirts. No, that's true. We don't. That would be horrible, <laughs> considering we've sold seven t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> seven is a complete number. Oh, that's mm. right. Good point. We've made maybe $10. <gasps> so, also... Uh, you have a vicar too now. Yeah, at your church. How is vicar that going? Vicar 1.0. Oh, I love it. Uh, he he speaks up sometimes in Bible study, which is neat. He's got Greek and Hebrew fresh in his brain, and the latest theological developments mm-hmm. uh, also fresh in his brain. Um, he's starting. If an- you notice that the pastors don't always. <laughs> I mean, they've been in the field for a right. while, and they forget things that aren't quite as important. <clears throat> right. Um, and so ULC is a campus ministry, and so he is starting a Bible study on the Gospel of Mark that is on campus in the basement of one of the libraries. Um, let's see. Yeah. So, so did you have any, like, I'm sure you pushed this, right? You kind of wanted a vicar, didn't you? Well, of course. Every <laughs> faithful Lutheran wants a vicar. Sure. Uh, but my, I think it probably came more from our pastor who saw the need for vicarage sure. sites and also is at a point in his career where he feels confident in providing the direction. Some people don't come straight out of the chute with that confidence yeah, like you do. Well, uh, I've been told that I have, uh, I'm overly confident sometimes. <laughs> That's not even the word they used. No. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, further details are get into some politics, uh, but we we made ourselves available. It's a vicar's site pretty late in the game, and they were more than happy to send a vicar because they were they were short, like, 16 sites maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if, we- <laughs> if anyone wants to donate to our vicarage program, it's getting tight. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to be starving here soon. Right. <laughs> we requested a single... Uh, seminarian, partly because housing prices are so high in the Twin sure. Cities, so that um, helped us be more affordable. And we actually had an alum. We were trying to get a grant, and we had an alum say, if the grant falls through, I will fund the entire first year. Wow. Oh, that's great. ULC has some diehard fans. Um, sure. So that's been a great blessing. Sure. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So uh, you have a top 12 list. I do, yeah. That is not a, well, it is a draft, but you won't be reading my draft version. I'll be reading my draft version. Right, well, everything I do is a draft version. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not called clerical perfection. <laughs> so, Vicar, uh, actually, are you excited? Do you get to say that? Have really you ever said excited. this before? Uh, I've I've done some practice rounds. Uh, back when I felt like more of a podcast mom, I had some versions that went something like this. Peter, play the intro. But <laughs> there's there's really only one way to say it, isn't there? And you, we have, I think we have way back of your daughter doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I'll, I'll send, yeah, I'll send an audio file later of her uh, singing something else that's relevant to my top 12. Okay, good. Okay. So... Here we Are you go. ready? Are you ready? Peter, play the intro! Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. So, Hannah, this is your first Top 12 list, too, isn't it? Uh, I did Top 12 um, vocations of a pastor. Okay. Besides parish pastor. Do you, do you remember that one? Yes, Maybe? I do now. Yeah, it's coming back to you. Yes, okay. I do remember that. I probably made some suggestions for Top 12 lists. 
if we, we probably... that may or may not have come to fruition. Mm. Probably. Mm. <laughs> Search that inbox. I was going to say, you might have to dig through the inbox. There you go. But this is top 12 reasons to homeschool your children. This is a decision we made recently, maybe in the spring. And after we decided, it seemed in retrospect like a foregone conclusion. Right. But just like, uh, you know, some decisions you have to wrestle with. Especially in the Twin Cities, I imagine. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, we'll we'll get into that. Okay. So, by the way, if you listened to the last episode, I have this habit of you saying the number and then... Oh, I've been thinking about that all day. And it just... I can't stop it. <laughs> I try. Well... I just get so excited. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Number 12. Number 12. <laughs> number 12. It gives the kids enough time to eat breakfast and lunch. I thought of this one early on when my oldest was maybe just even two and she would take 30 minutes to an hour to eat her lunch. And I felt so sad at the thought of her having, I loved seeing her relishing her food and the thought of having to eat in 15 to 20 to 25 minutes Mm -hmm. uh, while she was at school or encouraging her to eat quickly to get to school on time as a registered dietitian made me, uh, made me real sad. Right. I, I feel like I'm permanently damaged by how little time they gave me in my formative years to eat food because I still eat really fast. And in some ways that's efficient. And, you know, being an engineer, maybe I like that. But but I don't think it's the best way to eat. Not really. Right. Yeah. I was I was a kid who would eat really fast so I could be the first in line for recess. Yeah. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Number 11. I assume they'll get sick less. So Fiona was in preschool for two years, just two days a week, just Mm -hmm. two mornings, and she got sick a lot, and it was really tiring and important for developing an immune system, Mm -hmm. but also really tiring. Mm. So I am hoping that as as an individual and as a family, we will get sick less. Mm. Yeah. Maybe, but if you go to a lot of group activities for homeschoolers. We won't. Okay. We're introverts. <laughs> oh, I can tell. <laughs> At least Arthur and I are. I'm a situational extrovert. We can talk about it later. Okay. Um, I'm not I'm not shy. Not all introverts are shy. I'll just I'm gonna be really tired by the end of tonight. Got it. Um uh, so I feel you. I, I understand. I'm, oh yeah, he's an introvert. Sure. Yeah. Yep. We we do have a uh we joined a community called Classical Conversations that has uh, supports families to do a classical education in their home. And so that meets once a week. So we will be around a group once a week, mm, but it's not quite as intense as her preschool situation. Mm-hmm. Number 10. You can teach them Latin, Greek, and or Hebrew so they can encounter God's word in the original or closer to the original. What's that it? means you have to learn it. Well, that's... Um, Is that, that coming that, up? Yeah, that's coming up. <laughs> Uh, Also, I grew up with a father who taught Greek for several years, and he tried to teach me Greek, uh, and I didn't make it too far past liquid vowels, I think. Is that a thing? Mm -hmm. I may have learned the alphabet, but like diphthongs were, yeah. that was consonants, but... Peter, do you remember I tried to teach you guys Latin? Yeah, you tried to teach us Latin and then gave up after the like second chapter. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because neither of us were having a great time. I lasted a semester in my dad's lat- college Latin class, I think in sixth grade. That was um, that was helpful. 
And with classical conversations, you start teaching Latin when they're four. And I'll, I'll send you, you use, um, you use songs to teach the sure. noun endings and verb endings. Uh, and that's one of Fiona's favorite songs that's to perfect sing. Because, um, That's perfect because that really help, will help their English. You, you, Latin will help understand everything in English and how words are used in the mm-hmm. sentence. Yep. Whether it's a direct object, indirect object, an object of a preposition. Mm-hmm. 50% of English words are derived from Latin. And if they are four syllables, that number goes up to 80%. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's magnificent. You- magnificent is a word from Latin. That's more than four syllables. I- <laughs> <laughs> number nine. You get to go to fun places during off-peak hours, so you don't always have to go to places on the weekends or during MEA weekend. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah. Yeah. You do have to watch out for school field, like public school field trips. Mm -hmm. Um, But even if you play, if you figure it out right, you can get, you can join a homeschool co-op and then get group discounts Mm. through that homeschool co-op. But yeah, off-peak hours for the win. Number eight is about workload. So I I realized watching my siblings send their kids to public school that it's not no work to send them to public school. You have to get them there. You have to take them back. You have to help them with their homework. You have to debrief them. Yes. <laughs> Unschool them. Yeah. Recatechize. <laughs> um, and one of my nephews struggles with dile- dyslexia, but he's a good kid. He's not a troublemaker. So he doesn't get attention for the teachers for being in trouble, but he also doesn't get the attention he needs for addressing his dyslexia. And so both of his parents have to stay on top of like, okay, what are you doing to help him read? What, what support can we get from the district? What support can we get from the school? And that sounds exhausting. So it might as well be exhausted just all in the home. Right. Mm -hmm. Number seven. There's no mysteries about what happens during the school day. They don't come home from school and you ask what happened in school. Nothing. What did you learn? I don't know. Don't you think that's what happened during the pandemic when they were on Zoom? Yes. And then parents could say, oh, that's what's going on? Right. Well, I think that's a pretty unfair snapshot of what was going on. But what was going on during pandemic learning was different from what homeschool families were doing also during the pandemic. They, they 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 didn't their life didn't change that way much. They kept on doing what they were doing. Yeah, probably fewer fewer field trips. Um, right. But yeah. Also, I've noticed too that homeschoolers dominate spelling bees. Is that going to be in your future? Well, so that <laughs> that is not a a goal of mine currently. But I have read a lot about how. American education has tried to move away from using phonics as a way to teach reading as like the look method or the whole word approach, which does not help people learn how to spell. It just helps them recognize words. Right. It doesn't even work according to the articles that right. I've read. Yep. The, mm-hmm. the phonics system is right. superior. There are mm-hmm. times where, where uh, my auto spell doesn't work and I have to ask Google verbally. Oh. Have you tried to ask uh, the, how the Vicar app does with spelling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I can spell, but I'm better with spell check because mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it corrects me. Number six. The primary connection of the kids is to their parents rather than to their peers. This is something I hadn't thought about until I started reading more. But in the public school system, the kids move from year to year, often with the same group of children rather than with the same adult. The teacher changes every year in elementary often elementary school. Mm-hmm. And then in high school, you have even more teachers teaching disparate topics. 
So the oppor- they have the opportunity to connect more with their peers who aren't necessarily the best guiding lights. As I, I've are. actually w- wondered about that, that when it comes to things like daycare. Mm. Um, when uh, you have, for example, uh, like a, a baby, like a six-month-old in daycare who have kind of the same provider for 40, 45 hours a week, and then, well, she gets a new job and they bring someone else. Right. Mm-hmm. I often wonder how traumatic that is for a child of all of a sudden I've grown attachment to this person mm-hmm. and they're gone. Now it's a new person yeah. where we wouldn't necessarily give it much of a thought. Oh, we're just switching jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is another opportunity for me to do this. But then, you know, like the seven children, the seven babies she's watching over. What is yeah. that? Right. Yeah. Well, I think the I think the daycare providers get attached as well. I mean, I had a dentist who commuted 35 minutes because she was attached to her patients in Maple Grove rather than the the clinic she was closest to. So mm. I think it is a bit of a heartbreak for the daycare providers as well. It can be, and sure. if it isn't, maybe they're in the wrong profession and they should care more about the children. Right. Number five. You get an education too. You have mm. to stay at least an hour ahead of your kids. The, mm-hmm. the site director for this classical conversations community I'm in went to Latin boot camp over the summer so that she was prepared to guide her children through Latin for the fall. Um, and once I learned about classical education and what's what it's all about, I wanted to that same rigor and system of learning for my kids and for myself. So now, now aren't you weren't you like a Russian literature major or something like that? Russian language major. Oh. That's a difference. And yeah, what's your point? Are you going to teach Russian? Oh, um, I'm... It might be real helpful in a few years. <laughs> I might. Wow. I mean, that's really fascinating. I don't know if everybody remembers this, but my wife was a Russian studies major, and mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever in the wild encountered somebody else <laughs> that was a Russian major. Where did Russian she go? University of Alaska, Fairbanks. Mm. Yeah, it's not an extremely popular language, but it is fascinating. What well, the culture is, anyway. Right. Well, they always seem to be in a hurry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> that one hurt my brain. <sighs> yeah. And uh, yes, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot already. And this is only week two. So. By the way, I'm seeing a lot of parallels to all of what you're saying with having a vicar. <laughs> oh. Did you ever think yeah. about that? No, of course not. It keeps me on my toes. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. You keep up with your Hebrew and your Latin right. and your Greek. Right. I, I, I help the vicar with his table manners. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't hit the table. Right. Well, that and that one didn't even make the list, but I want my children to know how to run a household, and they need to be in the house in order to learn that. Right. That's a good point. So I started teaching them how to wash dishes before, I, you know, well, I we've been practicing washing dishes for about as long as how to recognize letters of the alphabet. Now, I don't know if this is on your list, but this is one thing I will say is a benefit. You can tell me to be quiet if it's already on your list. Okay. But because there's been a societal shift, especially in small towns, I don't know if it's necessarily in bigger cities, but in small towns where the heart and center of social life is a school, it gives you the opportunity to the heart and center of the social life being home and Mm. church. I have thoughts about this because the home can only be the the social heart if there's enough kids in it. That's right? true. Yeah. If there's one kid or even two kids, it's not as exciting as if there's four or five. Hmm. You don't get to pick friends if you only have two kids. There's just the other. There's just the other sibling. Right. Hmm. 
but yes, I agree about about the church. Yeah, and that's that's gets close to number one, unsurprisingly, perhaps. Number four. Private Christian schools are expensive. Yeah. And this is more of a problem for Arthur, who is who uh, keeps an eye on the budget more so than me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some some are, you know, like uh, the one close here. Um, they'll always make it work. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's a that's a different situation than when you get into the cities. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and close to that, at least in my mind, is number three. Number three. When you homeschool, there's no daily commute either for mm. yourself or for your children. And that, so there is a, there's a Lutheran church in the Twin Cities that would have been like a 25 minute commute maybe mm-hmm. for off, for off peak right. hours. Uh, and like in the winter, we got Minnesota winters right. and mm. those can be, that can be brutal. And then every, whoops, every time you miss a day at school, like it's a thing. But you can never miss homeschool unless you're sick. And even then, you probably can still listen to J.R.R. Tolkien or C.S. Lewis on audiobook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, no daily commute could be a downside for some people, too, who use that time to decompress it. Well, or see, I don't know. I think I developed a lot of my humor skills on the bus, mm, on the I school see. bus. Mm-hmm. So, Did you love catching the bus, like trying to get to the bus stop on time? I wasn't good at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's another source of stress for the parents then. No. I li- sorry, I like that one because it gives you back almost a, maybe an entire hour a day. Mm-hmm. That adds up a lot. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy if I, say, live very close to where I work, mm-hmm. as I do now. Like I, I get to walk over to the church and I've at other times in my career, I've lived really close to where I worked and it gives you an enormous amount of time back. Very mm-hmm. good one. I like that one. That's one of the top two... Uh, determinants of how happy you are is what your commute is like and how long it is. Hmm. The longer your commute is, the more likely you are to be unhappy. Hmm. Food for thought. Number two. Homeschooling is more efficient. You spend so much less time on classroom management, less time on transitions, Mm -hmm. less time shuttling kids around. I had a chat with my pastor about homeschooling, and his son, who shall remain unnamed, would uh, watch the kids getting on their bus at like eight or nine and wave and say, so long, suckers, while he started school at like 10 in the morning. Right. Now, that's also a good one. I'm an engineer at heart, right? So the efficiency just is unparalleled. I mean, Mm -hmm. so many like mandatory but useless topics can be skipped. Uh, when you're homeschooling compared to going to a public you, school. That's what, isn't that what you noticed first when you started college? The efficiency? Yeah. You know, like, how how is it that I'm only in class 15 hours and I'm getting so much more than when I was in school sitting in my seat for mm-hmm. at least double that? Yeah. Yeah. And for myself, when I was getting closer to the end of my education, I just, I was like, well, going to school is my job. I'll be there from nine to four and either be at class or do my work and then go home and not have to do it. So I liked that. I like that. All right. Number one. Number one. And number one. God is at the center. State Hmm. standards are not at the center. Classroom management is not at the center. Uh, Standardized testing is not at the center, Uh, but you can put God at the center. Um, and when I, that was one of the major reasons I was interested in classical conversations because it connected a classical education 
with God at the center, we practice memorizing um, scripture once once a year. We're memorizing the creation account week mm-hmm. by week. Uh, the first science memory work was what occurred on each day of creation. Um, yeah, and you can, if you have, as we have been making God at the center of our home through daily prayer, like most of my homeschooling efforts have started with our daily prayer and expanded outwards to mm. now let's do Bible stories or mm-hmm. let's do an ABC book that's rooted in God in Bible or think praising God for all the A things, all the B things, mm-hmm. um, or memorizing hymns. I have a, so I have a, I have a few questions kind of rattling around in my head, as you might suggest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a, f- a few questions is, what, what are your concerns about it? My concerns about homeschooling? Yeah. Oh, definitely that um, I will accidentally raise my children to be white supremacists. Oh. That- <laughs> I, I mentioned to a friend that I was homeschooling Whoops. and he was like, okay, well. That's not what I, that's that was, not what I saw coming. That was his top concern for huh. homeschooling in general, but not for me in particular. And I was like, oh, okay. Because people find it scary because 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 uh, there are certain groups, they think that our children is their responsibility and and it's dangerous when you have a child at your home where parents can teach their children whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And first, I also wanted to make a disclaimer. Homeschooling is not for every family at every season of their life. Right. And I could tell you, you know my personality, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine me doing homeschool? I think it could be a joint responsibility <laughs> with yourself and other trusted adults. That's, that wouldn't have been my gift. <laughs> I, not that I'm not a, I think I'm a really good teacher. However, mm-hmm. the, the organizational skills that that takes. Well, and that's mm-hmm. why I joined this, this, um, this organization because they have a core body of knowledge and they teach it once a week and then you review it during the week. And while we were on our hike around Beads Lake this morning, we reviewed our Latin and science and math and English and history memory work. And at least, so what I'm telling myself, it's like, well, I can handle the preschool and kindergarten years, right? And it's just been um, kind of a continuation of parenting. Like, oh, can I parent a single child? Well, yes, I have been. Can I parent two children at once? Well, yes, I can. Can I homeschool one child? Well, yes, I can. And so... Uh, I don't love everything I see on Instagram, but one thing that I think about a lot that I saw there was motherhood doesn't get easier, we get stronger. Hmm. And I think it's the same for, yeah, educating and for your faith. Like the trials God sends you don't necessarily get easier, but you get better at handling them. There you go. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, uh, um, is this a thing in homeschooling? Let's say... Uh, there's a family who kind of wants to, but they're not in a situation, whether it's a single mother or something. Of, mm-hmm. of what if you had a neighbor who had a child the same age who said, uh, we don't, I'm not in a position to, to homeschool my child. Mm-hmm. Would you consider adding another child? Or something Would like I personally? Yeah. Depends on the child, but I would prayerfully consider it. Hmm. And there's, there's an, it is not unheard of for single parents to um, homeschool their children. So there's one person in our community, he's a pastor and she is a public school teacher. And so his shift for taking care of the kids is like from eight to noon and then they have family support. And then at noon he goes off to his church and one of the moms comes in and takes over for the afternoon. 
Um, so, and then sometimes single parents can make it work with shift work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's more than one way to peel a banana. Uh, it takes creativity, but if you think it's important enough, the Lord provides Pastor mm-hmm. Bohagen. That's true. Mm-hmm. And sometimes he provides in the, you know, through scholarships at a Christian school for, right. you know, mm-hmm. five years or something. And then once the children hopefully have learned how to learn, then you can have them at home and trust that they will do their own learning. Um, yeah. And, and so how long do you, I guess you can't really answer this since you're just, what, three weeks in? <laughs> <laughs> like, how, Do you plan on going through eighth grade, through high school? Well, the, 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 I guess what a lot of people think about is they are concerned with that transition from from that world to when they do mm-hmm. if they go to college, go to college, yep. or high yeah. school, or you know, uh, getting used to then going to a, a regular work where they do have to be in that seven thirty or eight o'clock or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So I was homeschooled myself, um, and I have two siblings, and we all made that transition differently. So my older brother started um, the post-secondary education enrollment option. So in Minnesota, homeschoolers can start taking college courses once they hit 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's funded through the state of Minnesota. So it's like you haven't been using the state's resources to send your kids to school, but you can use the state's resources to send them to college. Mm. So my brother did that. My sister and I went to public high school. My sister went straight off the bat, and she is more of an extrovert um, she was a good fit for the pace of the classroom. Mm-hmm. So that worked for her. Um, I think my mom was getting kind of worn out by the time I came along. So I tried going to middle school. It lasted two days. Like, who are all these people? How do I organize a notebook? What do you mean I need a pass to go to the bathroom? I'm done with my lunch. Why can't I just leave the lunchroom? <laughs> so for me, then my mom enrolled me in a once a week homeschool co-op. And that's where I got to the use to the idea of sitting in a room doing homework, mm-hmm. taking tests. Um, so, yeah, it depends on the child um, and what options are available. And I will cross that bridge in f- 10 to 14 years. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I think it's uh, because this is going to be a growing trend. Oh, yeah. Homeschooling has doubled in the past two years from uh, something like 2.5% to 5% or oh. 5 to 10 mm-hmm. Um, one of those. So yeah, and I think you know, from from a a synod level as a district and district level, that uh, I think um, I think there's a way of of using our Lutheran schools and our what we have as a resource and helping those families and maybe even working in conjunction with schools. Mm-hmm. You know, having homeschool groups. Say, if you're close to a Lutheran school, of having a time where they can go to to band or activities yep. mm-hmm. or that kind of thing or be involved in sport ball, sport, sport ball, <laughs> throwing the animal skins around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or even if there's a particular area where a parent feels really weakened, like, oh, I just can't do algebra. Can you take my kid for algebra or give me the curriculum or help me find a tutor or something? Mm-hmm. And I suppose probably I think what I've heard is one of the biggest obstacle is the social aspect people worry about. Some do. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like I said, I was an introvert, so I was very happy to right. stay at home. Um, extroverts may not feel that same way. But it, then that really depends on where you are geographically, if there's other homeschool groups around, right. if there's cooperatives. Yeah. When I interviewed uh, for 
one of the colleges I applied to at the end, he's like, well, I got to say, you don't seem like a homeschooled kid. A lot of <laughs> some kids come in and you can really tell that they have not developed their social skills. I'm like, OK, well, thank you. My father's a pastor. What can I say? <laughs> I learned a lot watching him. Wow. Very interesting. Well, my my father was educated until uh, college in Japan. And so he went to a parochial school that was a one room um, the one room classroom model. And he, he loved that. And I think I can tell already with my younger daughter, who's almost two, she's already trying to sing along with the songs and she's going to be trying to keep up with her mm-hmm. older sister. Mm-hmm. And that's going to make my job with her a lot easier. I think I had something else to say. I wanted to make a comment about what you said. It's not for everybody at every season of their life. And so my wife and I homeschooled our daughter for just a single year it was a challenging year that was coming up because, uh, well, she was struggling a bit in school, and then the school district moved the boundaries about who got to go to which local school building, and so our daughter would have had to, in the just before middle school, spent her fifth grade year at a new school with a bunch of people she didn't know, mm. and then all of those same kids all then go to the same middle school. So we pulled her out because of the trouble and because of the switching of the boundaries, and she was homeschooled for just the one year, mm-hmm. and it really worked well. And uh, my wife did most of the work. Uh, it seemed like whenever, whenever I tried to help my daughter with any homework, even if she was homeschooled or not, I would just matter of factly tell her what needed to be done, and she would burst into tears. And so, <laughs> so apparently, I didn't have the skill set. I mean, I wasn't angry. I, there was, I didn't detect anything about the way I was teaching that was wrong. But, uh, but apparently, I, I didn't have the. I don't know. I didn't have the magic way to say it. She would. So pretty soon I was out of that job. So any, any final comments on the podcast? We haven't done any production yet on the show or anything. Talk about that. Oh, you mean like the podcast direction? And, yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Um, we need to have Bergman more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, compliments to Vicar 19.0. You are. You, I think you are doing quite well. well I, lo- I love all the vicars equally, and they all have different strengths that are apparent right away or later. <laughs> uh. Looking forward to that later. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't come with a list of right. critiques this time. Lucky you. <laughs> I'll text you later. So this is, yeah, I... Um, yeah, sometimes it takes me a while to think of things. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's nice to have you in studio. It's so good to be here. I like the new orientation. Um, I like all the the plates piled up over there. Yeah, yeah, the fine china. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we should wrap up. Uh, th- all right. Thank you for listening to the Clerical Errors Bullhagen. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Thank That's you. awesome. <laughs> and the Clerical Errors Vicar. And the Clerical Errors Associate Producer who's on a break. All right. Okay, let's try uh, again, huh? Thank you for listening to the Clerical Heirs <laughs> podcast. What, what is it, Peter? <laughs> well, thanks for listening. I'm Bullhagen. <laughs> thanks for listening. I'm Bullhagen, too. This is Vicar. This is Hannah. And may, may your l- lunches be long and your immune system not shrivel up and die. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash clericalheirspodcast. 
on Twitter at Clerical Heirs P for podcast or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time. Hi, I'm Ryan Meyer, and this is the Clerical Heirs Podcast.